perfect. Sixers Nation, welcome on in, man. Back with another show, free agency, day two. A lot of big moves going on, man. Blockbusters, more Sixers news. Could another piece be on the way? We will be breaking it down. Welcome in, Billy Take with RB. I'm RB. We got my guy, Greg Melly today. We'll be getting to your thoughts, your calls on the phone line we'll be breaking it all down as we always do man welcome on in everybody hit that like button if you are in here subscribe to the channel subscribe to greg you should have ring that bell man what's going on everybody welcome on in 100 in the building appreciate everybody coming through again it was a lot of fun yesterday nba free agency kicked off and boy did it not slow down one bit today We have a couple monster trades to go over. We will discuss it all again. Could Daryl Morey have something up his sleeve? We will get to that. And once again, we'll get to all your calls on the phone line. If you want to call into the show, be sure to do so later on. Welcome on in, everybody. Shout out to the channel members. If you guys want to support the channel, all the ways to do that down below. Greg, what's going on, man? What's going on, brother? How you doing? We're good, man. I'm uh, I'm in, I'm enjoying the uh the off season so far, man. A lot going down. Um, Philadelphia's keeping their keeping their nose down right now, but you know, when they whenever it gets quiet, it gets loud real quick in Philadelphia. So let's see what's going on. Chat, what's going on, guys? Glad hey, to see girl. you, man. Not it's lying. Been while, it's been a while, man. It's been a while. You seem a little more optimistic than last time, so I'm I'm happy. Happy to see that you know you're in good in, a, in good spirits. Yeah, optimism <laughs> seems to be uh seems to be coming up, man. I like the the acquisitions Maury's made so far. My motto pre uh, off season was win the margins. Something mm. the Philadelphia 76ers have not tried to do in a long time, and it looks like that's been the goal right now so far. We're winning the margins, and the margins are going to come in handy come that 16 game playoff time. So I'm looking forward to it, man. Okay, I like it. I like it. Win the margins. Win the margins. I like it. Shout out to everybody once again. 170 in the building. Hit that like button for your boys. Be sure to subscribe if you are watching. Shout out to Carlos Rosado coming in with the $2 super chesses. Let me get a yes, sir. For the free agency, I got you, man. Let's go. sir. And I, I want all the energy when you guys call in later in the show, just like yesterday. You guys were bringing the heat, man. I'm excited to hear what everybody feels about these big moves going on. And we'll talk about it all once again. 
uh, like Greg said, you know, where I'm pretty content with what Daryl Morey has done so far. I'm content with the moves. Um, I feel that as, as, you know, being limited and not having complete flexibility, I feel like Daryl is at least putting things into motion, right? Trying to get some things done. Um, we had the three signings yesterday, PJ Tucker, Daniel house, uh, traveling queen, all former rockets. Um, I'm here to tell you today. I, you know, we might not be done with the former rockets. But we start today, and I want to take a look at something a little bit light before we get into the cream of the crop, and that is the Summer League roster announced today. Um, my first take on this roster is that this is like the, the G League champions right here. I mean, look at this team, man. Look at this team. Julian uh, Champagny, I, I made a video about him. Isaiah Joe, Jaden Springer, Trevlin Queen. Charlie Brown, Grant Ryler, Cassius Winston, Paul Reed is on this team. Who is beating this summer league team? Man, Philip Petrusev, could we finally see him come over? Miles Powell, come on, man. These yeah, this team, are... this team's nasty, dude. Don't forget about Grant Riller, Miles Powell, like you said, Charlie Brown, Jaden Springer, Trev Queen, Isaiah Joe. Bro, this team is <laughs> nasty, literally nasty. I feel like we could pull from this team and have a couple of rotational pieces at our disposal, man. I mean, come on. Look at this team, man. Without a doubt, dude. We're, we've messed up somewhere if we're not pulling from this this roster at some point and getting – I mean, we could get solid minutes from Isaiah Joe by now. Jaden Springer's shown some upside. He, he could be a, a solid rotational dude, especially defensively down the line. Miles Powell could be a off-the-bench bucket getter. Don't forget about Michael Foster Jr., who's a dude a lot of people are high on post-draft. Yep. Um, picked him up on the two-way. Paul Reed, obviously, dude's a stud. I don't even have to talk about him. Yep. His team's just – this team's nice, man. Good. And Trev Queen, bro, was the G League MVP last year. He put up like 25 a night. Uh, exactly. He's the guy who I think a lot of Sixers fans are going to get to like a lot once they see him start playing a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to the chat. Shout out Tyler Bay. I don't even know how we ended up with him. Pretty sure he was a second round pick. I think it was last year, the year before. And my guy, Cassius Winston. That is my guy, man. I wanted us to draft him. We did not. I think he was drafted by the Wizards. And somehow he's on our summer league too. So, I mean, we have a plethora of options, man. Looking forward to seeing uh, what these guys do. I know they play in a couple days, so it should be interesting to, you know, kind of see where they go. Um, but all right, man, let, let, let's dive in to the NBA news. So it was just a whirlwind once again, um, you know, regular afternoon. And we get hit with not one trade, not two, but three big trades. And we'll start off with this one. I'm excited. I'm, I want to hear your thoughts on this one, man, because um, the Sacramento Kings, I feel like, have tried for a while to go out here and get something done. And, and and they go out and trade for Kevin Herter. Atlanta Hawks send Justin Holiday, Mo Harkless, or they, they send Kevin Herter and get Justin Holiday, Mo Harkless, and a first-round pick from the Sacramento Kings. The Kings signed Malik Monk yesterday. Nobody saw that coming. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like the Kings, they, you know, they try every year. They try. They get pieces. Sometimes they make, or a lot of the time, they make the wrong move. And then I just feel like they always have the talent that can get them into the play and that can get them to the show, but but it just never happens. So how do you feel about this trade? Kings never seem to surprise me anymore, man. I 
this trade is like it just doesn't make any sense to me as to why they pulled it off especially if that first rounder doesn't have heavy heavy protections i'm like what what is going on what 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 is kevin herter bringing that justin holiday couldn't bring except a bigger contract and a little bit better from three and then if that's your biggest concern like you brought in malik monk to do exactly that i have no idea what this move is doing in sacramento like, don't get me wrong, the Kings roster right now looks actually pretty decent. It could arguably be a play-in team, but, like, yeah. this is the most lateral move, and somehow, <laughs> somehow they managed to trade a first-round pick in this deal. I can't believe it. Kevin Herter, a dude who got grossly overpaid after one game in his career, this is the return that he gets. It's 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 crazy. Man. Were you surprised that Atlanta pulled this trade? Like, obviously, they went out, got DeJounte Murray. They got another guard in the backcourt. But I don't know, man. I, I didn't see them really moving on from Kevin Herter right away. I mean, they did draft him with Trey Young. You know, they, they're still young. They're still building. I, I don't know. Kind of caught me off guard. I don't know. I'm, I'm not really super surprised. I think, like, the big thing with Atlanta right now is, like, they have so much depth, especially now, too. I mean, you're getting Justin Holiday, who is a better two-way player than Kevin Herter is. But like I, they have to be doing something bigger. Whether that's like a John Collins trade with filler, yeah. they just have so much going on right now that, like, they almost have too much depth. If that's even a problem yeah. in the NBA, <laughs> yeah, they're definitely shaking it up, no doubt. Um, yeah. definitely an interesting trade, and that kicked us off. Um, and I was like, all right, you know, we we, we got a trade going, and free agency is a little bit slow. We heard a couple like you know little signings, right? Ricky Rubio goes back to the Cavs. I heard a couple signings like that, and then another trade comes out of nowhere. I feel like these built up as the day went on, and this one caught me by surprise, man. I I, I was like, what is going on here? The Boston Celtics come out of nowhere. Let us know what you think in the chat. You got 410 in the building. Hit that like button, man. The Boston Celtics acquire Malcolm Brogdon. And they trade Daniel Tice, Aaron Neesmith, and a 2023 first-round pick, which, by the way, it's being reported that that may not even be, you know, their pick. It might convert to a second-round pick. I think it's like a top 12, top 15 protected. What is going on here in Indiana? All right, I, I talked a little while ago, the last couple of streams, about a potential Brogdon swap, maybe a three-team deal, Tobias Harris. The... Uh, the Boston Celtics absolutely fleeced Indiana. What would and apparently they're trying to shop Daniel Tice. All I have to say is I might hate Brad Stevens more as a GM than I did as a coach. This is crazy. How did he pull this off, man? It's so wild. It's such an absolute like on face value, this is a total fleece. Like <laughs> Indiana's really putting a lot of faith in Aaron Neesmith to be something, right? Uh, unless they just want the cap space in like next offseason. I'm assuming that's probably has a lot to do with this because Tice is going to be off the books. But like Aaron Neesmith is a guy who didn't see minutes at all when it mattered most. A first round pick that's heavily protected. I don't know what that uh, there's no way this is the best that they could have gotten for Brogdon. Like there's no shot. I mean, Philadelphia could have offered something better than this. Was his but, value that low? Right. I, 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 it's so crazy. It's such a great fit in Boston. It helps out with playmaking than their lack of so much he's a good on-ball defender he's a guy who can hit near 40 percent from catch and shoot threes he's just he's just a really really good solid player and this is just they traded literally nothing and i guess indiana's out here thinking you know what we're gonna start aaron neesmith give him 30 minutes a night 
hopefully he can take us to the promised land because if not, I don't know what is going on here. And you know the craziest part about it is, I promise you at some point next season, Daniel Tice is going to find his way back into Boston. Every year, bro, every year they trade him, he comes back at the deadline. Brad Stevens knows what he's doing, man, and and yeah. he just he knows how to get his type of guys, right? And they go to the finals in his first year as the GM, and, you know, what were they missing? A little bit of playmaking, a guy who could kind of control the floor. They go out and they get a pure point guard. Like, it's crazy. Now, he does have to stay healthy. He has been up and down the last couple of years because because of his health. But this is a steal of a trade, man, as much as it pains me to say. Um, and, and there were a bunch of other, like, little names included in here, like Nick Stauskas and guys like that. I guess Indiana was just trying to dump salary at that point because they're going younger and they do have a nice, you know, young core to build around. But really, you couldn't get more for that. But, but you know, the craziest thing, Greg, is that I thought this was going to be the, the blindside trade of the day. <laughs> and uh, let, let's just say that. Um, boy, were you wrong. <laughs> boy, was I wrong. Boy, and was I wrong. Somehow this wasn't even the worst. Boy, was I day. wrong. Everybody in the chat saying that that was a good trade for the Celtics. I agree. Unfortunately, I have to agree. But then this came along, and this is just a wild time of the year, man. This is what I never expected, okay? I expected Rudy Gobert to get moved, okay? Because we'd heard the rumblings. And, and shout out to my guy, Brian Windhorse, okay? Once again, on ESPN this morning on the Windy Monologues. I call it the Windy Monologues. You know, yeah, I like that. He's spurting like flames, okay? I mean, it literally, he he went on a three-minute rant. It sounded like a, a true, like a crime TV show, okay? He's like, he's like, you know, playing it up. What's going on in Utah? He, he's like the investigator. And then this comes out just hours later. Brian Windhorse, like, cherished that man. He is on a roll this year. He needs to be protected, okay? Because he is calling things before they happen. And Utah trades Rudy Gobert to Minnesota. For four first round picks, we'll get in. We'll get into the specifics after. All right, another first round pick this year, who's turned into a player, Walker Kessler, a center. So they get a center, four first round picks, and that's not it. That's not it. Hold up, there's more. There's more. They send oh Patrick God. Beverly. <laughs> I, I, it's like I'm laughing reading it because it doesn't make sense to me. Four first-round picks, Walker Kessler, Patrick Beverly, Malik Beasley, Jared Van <laughs> Jared Vanderbilt, Leandro Bomaro, and, and all of that for Rudy Gobert. Before we get more into it, uh, Greg, Greg, your thoughts. Your thoughts. <laughs> I was going to say hot take here, but this might not even be a hot take. I think – Initial reaction, this might be the worst trade in the NBA's history. You can compare this to the trade that Brooklyn did with uh, Boston years, years, years back that changed the, the landscape of the NBA rule book. This mm -hmm. has got to be the worst overpay for a guy in the history of the NBA. And I say that because the moment Gobert signed that $200-plus million extension, I made a a YouTube video got like 250 dislikes all from Utah saying it's a great deal. He's one of the best defenders ever because in my video I'm explaining he is the most one-dimensional player that has ever gotten paid this much I've ever seen in my life. This man gets burnt every year in the playoffs. I mean, look at Terrence Mann dropped like 30 on his head twice 
two years ago. This guy doesn't know how he can't play a five out against the five out offense. He's going to get cooked at the perimeter every single time. He is an incredible interior defender, but outside of that, he is one of the worst. His offensive game is like comparable to Andre Drummond. The dude can't do anything with the ball in his hands. The only thing he can do is roll. Maybe, you know, maybe D'Lo can set him up for some solid oops. But if we're trading four, five first round picks, our first rounder this year, Jared Vanderbilt, who's a great defender, Malik Beasley, who's a guy who gave him a lot of buckets off the bench uh, and just just pieces. That is, it's, that's, <laughs> it's, dude, it's, I couldn't believe it. And if this is what Gobert gets for Utah, what the hell is going to happen in Brooklyn with KD? You know, you just took the words out of my mouth. I like, I have like six thoughts that come to mind. Shout out to everybody in here, man. 715 people in here. Hit that like button. Let's get to, get it to 700 likes. Uh, RB and Greg up in here talking about this, man. Um, where, where do I start? Like you, you, you just put a great dent into it. Um, but first and foremost, man, like, look, I, we, we, we play around with Rudy Gobert, right? You know, he's an all-star. He's a defensive player of the year. Let's be honest here. Does Rudy Gobert even play offense? Like, he's not involved in the game. And you were just talking about the defensive liabilities uh, that existed, right? I mean, I remember J.J. Redick going on a couple weeks ago, you know, when the playoffs were still on, and literally breaking down play-by-play why Rudy Gobert was the reason that the Jazz were getting spanked in the first round of the playoffs. Because he could not switch on the pick and roll, and he's too slow. And when I saw this trade, I saw the picks and I was astonished and that like they traded a whole roster for Rudy Gobert. And another question that's that pops into my mind is like, like you're going to put him next to Carl Anthony Towns. Now I know exactly. Dude. You know, cat can shoot. And, and I, I'm, I'm a fan of cat. Like I like his game. I don't think he's, you know, a top three, top five center in the league, but I think he's certainly up there, like in, in the upper rank. Um, but you're going to put Rudy Gobert next to Carl Anthony Towns. By the way, the Minnesota Timberwolves, I was such a fan of what they did getting to the playoffs. You know, the Pat Beverly's who's now in this trade, right? And, and like just that culture, I feel like he really reshaped that team. And to, and to send away a guy like that, like who helped your culture just, you know, reinvigorate. He helped, He was a mentor to a guy like Anthony Edwards. That was what they needed this year. And I feel like they just messed up their whole future. I feel like the Timberwolves are not going to get better now. And I, so- just, I cannot believe how much they gave up for Rudy Gobert. Like You know, the, the craziest part about it is not only is this just an overpay if they didn't have a center, but the gamble of moving your franchise piece along with Anthony Edwards, of course, of Carl Anthony Towns, who you just gave $200 plus million to, to just move him to the power forward position. And I think any casual fan would be like, oh, like, what's the difference? He shoots threes anyway. <laughs> oh my God. On defense, if he like if we think Tobias Harris struggles playing defense at the four, you just, just watch Timberwolves games next year because Carl Anthony Towns is going to get annihilated on every single possession on defense. And not only that, like you're really clogging the paint for Cat, who was a guy who likes to shoot threes, but still. It's not like he's Kristaps Porzingis, dude. Like he still is in the paint at times and still battles for rebounds and scores down low. Like, what is he going to do now? Like they Carlin D. Towns has never played power forward in his life. From the moment he started playing AAU basketball in first grade to the moment of last year. The gamble. The gamble. I can oh, I 
<laughs> I it's like it's like when you're on 2K and you're like shuffling through offered trades and you accidentally accept one and then you're like, oh no 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 no, like I I I have to redo that. You try to redo the trade and the team's like, no, that's what this is to me. Dude, they accidentally said yes. I I feel like Danny Ainge because you know obviously being with the Jazz, I feel like he monitored the league. And they saw what Boston did with Al Horford and Rob Williams. And Danny Ainge, being a smart GM, was like, you know what? I can probably fool somebody into playing two big men. And Al Horford is nothing like Carl Anthony Towns. And he just, he pulled off the fleece of the century. Now we're hearing rumors, you know, is Donovan Mitchell going to stay? Is he going to go? Like, I don't know what they do now. I mean, they have, what, seven first-round picks or whatever it is. They have all these pieces. Does Donovan Mitchell want to stay? Is he happy that Rudy's finally gone? Because they could never get along together, and they were never going to move anywhere in the postseason. By the way, even more on this, because I have more thoughts, and it's just crazy to me. I just never expected this. Greg might be right in, in the hot take about the Nets and Celtics trade. Like, this might be up there, because this this is this is something, man. Look at this. Minnesota, All unprotected, dude. 23 unprotected firsts. 2025 and 2027 picks are unprotected and the 2029 pick is a top five protected so i mean come on man like this is crazy 2029 like come on man they could they could be top five by then like yo i i just i don't get it this is crazy i don't know why minnesota gave up this much and to what greg was saying about kd if you just got an entire roster for Rudy Gobert, I don't know if there's enough that you can get for Kevin Durant. I saw somebody say the Wizards could give up their entire franchise for Kevin Durant, and it wouldn't be enough. What do you offer for Kevin Durant? Seven first? Is there something? Like, is like there? This, this I don't even think done. you can. I don't, we've never seen a player of KD's caliber offer like ask for a trade, and if if Rudy Gobert. Like, like saying it out loud, Rudy Gobert just got this package from a team that isn't even good. Like this team is not a good team. Dude. I mean, don't get me wrong. Minnesota could be all right because Anthony Edwards is a guy who has progressed every single season so far. And he's just an absolute dog. And I think he's one of the few guys in the league that I believe in to just become like an absolute pure superstar. But like I, even this deal doesn't make him any better, which is just so wild. It's so wild to me. Like and we're really going to tell Ant to just go out on the paint and be like, hey, like just create in the perimeter because Lord knows you can't go down low. Exactly. And I, you know, I think the Timberwolves are going to be a good regular season team. But when they get to the postseason, it's going to be Rudy's flaw that once again hurts them. And there was a clip surfacing around of, of Anthony Edwards, you know, talking about Rudy Gobert. And he was pretty much saying like, you know, it's so easy to score on this guy. Like, I, I'm not like nobody's scared of him. And it's just like you traded for that guy. You brought him on your team. I, I mean, we heard the rumors of it. You got him. But like to give up that much, you just gave up your whole future for Rudy Gobert. And I, I just I can't believe it. Like that, that was just absolutely insane. Um, when it, are teams going to learn, man? When are teams going to learn? This is. Like teams become so impatient. Minnesota is so impatient. They refuse to just allow their guys grow in a culture build. So they trade literally everything. They basically just traded the name right to the team for Rudy Gobert. 
Dude, they just got to the point where they needed to be this year. They finally cracked the playoffs. They were on the right route, and you get rid of one of your main energy pieces. Speaking of which, tying this into the Sixers, I'm actually happy about. Shout out to all 850 up in the chat, man. Hit that like button. This is where the Sixers come in. This is where I want to get your take, man, because I'm happy about this, all right? Patrick Beverly included in the trade. I was surprised to see that. And he tweeted out, he said, always business. Wolves, thank you. Time to take another team to the playoffs. I love his confidence, man. Yeah, me too. And it is being reported now that Patrick Beverly could get waived. So, you know, the, the Jazz have a lot of guard depth. They're going a little bit younger. Who knows if Mitchell will stay. And this is what I tweeted out earlier, man. Think about this coming off the bench, Greg. Pat Bev, PJ Tucker, and George Niang. That would be the, the just the, the most impeccable energy coming off the second unit man if he's available go get him go get him i mean we we would if we got pat bev we would have gone from the softest team in the nba to just the grittiest most philadelphia team in the nba like it's so wild like pj tucker is an awesome acquisition i'm sure we'll talk about it at some point it's it's great. I well, ten out of ten would have done that deal. Um, a lot of people are like, "How can you pay that guy ten million dollars?" Just remember, if you a regular fan wouldn't pay that guy ten million dollars, but multiple franchises reported to go offer him ten million per year. There's something about the guy that that looks good. But to have Niang as a guy who can just be a, a, a knockdown shooter, but he's a gritty, gritty dude who I love. It was an awesome uh, get, especially the value of his contract. And Pat Bev, bro. Pat Bev hit 40% or near 40% from three last year. So it's just like these dudes can not only fight their ass off for the our Joel Embiid and, and just the guys on the team and, and just never back down, but at the same time they can complement our big man pretty well because they all can shoot the ball from, from three. So it's huge. Yeah, exactly. And, and Pat Bev, like he's just a winner, man. Like I just love his energy. You know, we we need guys like that. That's why we went out and got a P.J. Tucker. And, you know, just what he did for that Timberwolves franchise. I remember talking about it last year and this year, saying we should go get a guy like Pat Bev. Everybody hated it. Then they saw what he did in the playoffs, you know, and he's just he really helped that team get over the top by just being himself. Um, and th this came out a little while ago as well. Uh, this was from Jason Dumas. Now, I don't know how much stock to put into Jason Dumas, but. He said, if Pat Bev gets bought out in Utah, look for the Sixers to explore adding them to the roster makes too much sense. I think a lot of, uh, you know, teams would be interested. I know Pat Bev before said he would like to go to the Lakers if he was a free agent. Well, now he possibly could be. Um, I, don't, I don't see a point in Utah keeping them, though. Like, unless they're going for a push this year, which I just don't think they are. I don't but on the contrary, like Utah really, really struggled in the playoffs when it came to perimeter defense. And, you know, I mean, Pat Bev isn't really the greatest defender, but he's going to give you some grittiness on that perimeter. I also saw uh, a rumor that was Philadelphia and Minnesota discussing a deal for D'Angelo Russell. So I don't know how true that is, but that would be interesting. I'm sure that would be the Tobias Harris way out. So that'd be interesting. Maybe a, a real sixth man there. You saw that like after this trade or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, uh, I saw it 26 minutes ago. Interesting. And um, someone made a good point in the chat. And this was also what I wanted to say about Pat Bev. You know why we're going to get this done? Because Pat Bev is a former Rocket. 
That is right. He played for Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey, you know, he seems to only be going for former Rockets players. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? It's, like the, it's the only guys he knows. That would be so wild, man. Like, But another thing is like so many people give us crap for saying like we're going to just be the Philadelphia Rockets 2.0. And my rebuttal is the Rockets won like 65 games. And exactly. it's just like adding that team with Joel Embiid. Like you're just, that's a compliment. That's, that's a compliment. It's one of the, the better teams in the 2010s, uh, late 2000s. I mean, it's, it's a, that's a compliment. It's just, you're, you're giving a 65 win team, a arguably the best center in the NBA. So. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, that was a quality team. You're giving James Harden guys he's comfortable with. I have no problem with what Daryl Morey is doing right now. Like I've been saying, man, like, you know, there hasn't been a lot of options out there. And Daryl Morey, now that we saw that Bradley Beal went back to the Wizards, Zach Levine went back to the Bulls, we figured those would happen. We can all agree that that Daryl Morey secured one of the best free agents on the market in P.J. Tucker. Like, yeah. a lot of contending teams were going to go for P.J. He made sure of it. I know he gave him a fully guaranteed deal. I know he gave him a little bit more than others were offering. At the end of the day, that's what good GMs do. You have to secure your guy. And he made sure it got done right away. And then he brings in a couple other guys that are familiar with James Harden. So, look, man, maybe he's trying to finish the unfinished business, adding Joel Embiid on top. Like, I'm not mad at it. Obviously, the X factor is James Harden, right? Can he stay healthy? And can he play up to par? If he does, and if Joel Embiid doesn't get elbowed in the face in the playoffs, like, you know, we've been at that threshold for a number of years now. It is time to get over that. And I think Daryl's being aggressive trying to get younger and athletic, but also bring in experience guys that really know how to do that and get us over that, that hump. hundred percent. I also think uh, we're probably waiting a little bit just for, just to see what's going to happen with Harden's uh, um, contract extension. We're going like, to, we, we can't really do a lot right now because we don't know exactly what the, the number next to Harden's name is going to be next year. Like, it really just depends on how much he takes a pay cut. Obviously, he's going to take a pay cut since we went out and signed uh, P.J. Tucker and Daniel Howell, so it's going to be at least, like, mid-30s. But who says he's not going to take a low-30s type of deal and just give us a little bit more wiggle room? Um, and I think once Harden really inks his name on that that piece of paper, then we're going to go by and we're, we're going to get uh, talking with Tobias Harris. We're going to start Matisse Thibel because Thibel has become very, very expendable. I, I really don't see him seeing much playing time this year, the way the roster is set up right now. And I think the biggest, the most important factor of the Sixers team is not necessarily going out and getting KD or going out and getting some superstar NBA player, but trading Tobias Harris for just a better fit. And it doesn't mean the player has to be as good. We just need a guy who can firmly accept a catch and shoot role that can play defense consistently at the four position and just understand what he's going to bring to this team more so than a guy who wants to play iso ball probably way too much. Yeah, I agree 100%. And, and you know, I, I just think that Daryl Morey still has something up his sleeve. Now, I, I'd love to get your take, like, you know, elaborating more on what you just said about James Harden. I thought it was, you know, the right thing to do. And, you know, we didn't even touch on the whole Brooklyn thing. Um, you know, just, just everybody painting him out to be that bad guy. We talked about it for months. Uh, James Harden does the right thing. He wants to win. He's at that point in his career. And, you know, he goes out and he sacrifices. And he'll probably end up making around 35, 38 a year. Um, but he did what was right for the team to go out and get vets that can help this team win next year. Um, meanwhile, there's a, you know, 
a, a burning building in Brooklyn. Like it's over, it's done. And I, I put out a video saying James Harden should get an apology. I mean, you know, here he is. And, and everybody just needs to bank on him getting healthier. If James Harden looks 30% better than he did last year and Joel and B doesn't get hurt. I mean, we could make the conference finals easy. Like we just have to have it all in route going into the playoffs. You know, we can't have everybody banged up and we can't have guys coming out saying that there's a lack of mental toughness. Right. And we, there, there's a few issues, but I think that we are well positioned to make a run. And I think we've added the necessary pieces so far that we've needed, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, these moves aren't 82 game moves. These are 16 game moves. And that's at this point, the most important thing in the world, because, you know, one, we need to make Joel Embiid happy. We need to bring in guys that he is excited to see play alongside him. And he specifically named PJ Tucker last year. And we went out and got PJ who not only was Embiid's primary, you know, public enemy number one that he wanted to bring in, but also, uh, Harden's friend. So it just made way too much sense not to happen. And then also we just, we're bringing in guys who are bringing real toughness, whether that's the Anthony Melton, who is a incredible defender, who is one of the best shot blocking guards at his position, who is a six, nine wingspan and is a freak athlete who just dives for loose balls, a, a mini Pat Bev, whether it's PJ Tucker, who is a guy who his game is not predicated on athleticism. Guys do not worry about a three-year deal his game is not going to drop off crazy. It's not like Russell Westbrook where all he has is athleticism. He's just a an absolute dog, and it's what Philadelphia has been missing, and it's it really is like the same teams win almost every year because they have winning cultures, and we're bringing in guys who are winning culture guys, and you really there is no such thing as an overpay for a guy who can change your losing culture into a winning culture because that that can have generations of, of reward. Yeah, exactly. And it's just good to see a GM for once acting, you know, and not waiting uh, a day in the free agency. I mean, immediately within 10 minutes, we had three new players on our team. Um, a lot of people love to give, you know, Daryl Morey the hate. I I mean, throughout his entire time, man, like Daryl Morey continues to clean up this mess little by little. Now, has he been perfect? No. But has he done good with what he has had at his hands? Yeah, I, I believe he has. Um, he ended up getting his guy. He ended up acquiring the guy that he loves near and dear to his heart for a man that wouldn't play basketball. And here we are in the off season. He cleaned up the Al Horford thing. He cleaned up the Ben Simmons thing. Now, you know, he, apparently he's shopping to buy Harris. Um, you know, that could happen. It could not. We could keep the core together. We've at least made some significant upgrades around those guys. I mean, Daryl Morey is doing what it, what it takes, you know, to put this team in position. Now they have to stay healthy. Um, and obviously they have to be coached the right way, but really I, I feel better than I did before. Right. There's not a lot like there, there's always been a lot of unknowns on the bench. Now we have guys like PJ Tucker, who I believe, you know, will, will step in right away and contribute. I don't have to worry about PJ Tucker. No, Tucker is an incredibly dependable guy who doesn't ever, ever, ever play out of his, ability which is such an important quality in an nba player how many times do we see guys try to be something they're not a lot of the times that's tobias harris's problem i have nothing but appreciation towards tobias as a human being i think he's a great guy i think he's done you know almost everything he can for the city of philadelphia but at the same time i don't think there's a player that fits worse in the city of philadelphia than tobias harris it's just it's it's ran its course he's not a good fit alongside the guys here. He can't play the three and he 
it just is he's he's not physical enough to get to the free throw line and he wants to play iso ball and he wants to be the second third option on a team where Tyrese Maxey needs the ability to develop more into that guy and I just think even more importantly than bringing something in as good as Tobias we just need to get rid of Tobias Harris because it will open up other avenues for other guys on this team to be to be good yeah and i definitely want to hit more on that shout out to everybody in here man we have 930 people in the chat hit the like button subscribe where you are watching be sure to follow us on instagram at philly take with rb follow me on twitter at rb philly take follow greg at sixers greg if you want to call into the show give your thoughts 508-924-3784 again 508-924-3784 how do you feel about all these free agency moves how do you feel about the Sixers going forward? What do you think the next big blockbuster move is? What, what has caught you by the blind side? Call into the show. Give us some thoughts. We'll hit a few callers. Um, back to the Tobias Harris thing, though. Do you think he gets moved? Because, I, you know, I don't know why. I have this urge. I have this feeling that, like we talked about earlier, Daryl Morey's going full in Rockets. Full in Philadelphia Rockets. And uh, the rumors are that I saw earlier today uh, by a few sources are that he's still looking for Eric Gordon. Now on draft night, the Houston Rockets sat there and they said it wasn't enough, right? Nobody offered them enough. Um, but now you're in position, right? And, you know, potential Tobias Harris trade, maybe a three-team trade, dump salary, get Eric Gordon, maybe get another player. People are talking about Harrison Barnes now. Um, what do you think? Do you think Tobias Harris will be back on this team or do you think he gets moved? I will say that I would be 100% surprised if Tobias Harris is on the team come playoff time. Okay. I think if he's not traded by the end of this offseason, he will definitely be traded by the deadline. Okay. Interesting. Because I just, I, there's no world, there's no universe where I can sit here and even pretend that it could work with Tobias. And I don't think this team succeeds with Tobias Harris on the court. And that's not me saying Tobias is a bad player because I think Tobias Harris is a very talented player and he's very good at what he does. Just it's unfortunate that he does not fit. His skill set does not fit in Philadelphia. It's very similar to Al Horford. Al Horford was still a good basketball player. He went back to Boston. He had a good season last year. He's been a good player, but Tobias Harris is not a good fit. Whether that means trade for Eric Gordon, I don't know if I would like that very much, but like it's at least it's more catch and shoot three point shooting. And at least Eric Gordon isn't afraid to shoot the ball, be a little physical for, especially for his height, but also just have limitless range. Like Toby just doesn't fit, man. He doesn't get to the free throw line. He's afraid of contact and he doesn't catch and shoot And he And defensively he was good in the playoffs, but like a lot of us are sitting here and pretending like a six game sample size is what he is when he has had like eight years of an NBA career where it's just not good. It's just not, he's not a good defender in general. And unless I see him consistently bring it on the defensive end and kind of take on more of a Ben Simmons defensive role for us, I don't see him fitting in this starting lineup, especially. And I don't think he has the ego to allow us to bring him off the bench either. Yeah. I mean, I agree with a lot of what you're saying there's some things i disagree with uh personally i feel that tobias harris is good as like a fourth option third fourth option um the problem is as we've known for years the contract doesn't speak to a third or fourth option and i think where you hit it right on the head was 
you know, the the rebounding, right? The athleticism, like right. especially when you have a guy like Joel Embiid, you need a guy who can go and, and snag those boards, right? You need a PJ Tucker who's going to get down and dirty. You need a guy like Daniel House who's going to get right up in the paint uh, and snag some boards. Um, Tobias just doesn't do that. It's not his MO. It's not the way he plays. And, you know, it, it does hurt us sometimes. And if Tobias, which I thought he did at the tail end of the season, you know, could take a step back and let everybody else see and just do him, um, you know, I think he'd be a quality player. And I'm not going to be mad if he's back. You know, I a lot of people keep talking about this core and keeping them together. Um, you know, maybe we do need some continuity. For me, the X factor is James Harden. What will he look like? You know, is he going to be healthy Harden um, and produce more than he did this last year? But if Tobias is back, I can't be mad. But I, I will say, I think moving him and getting a, you know, more of a wing type of piece a guy who can, you know, bring some athleticism and also creating future flexibility, I think is is in the best interest going forward. But I, I just don't know if it's going to happen. I think if there's some way Daryl could pull off an Eric Gordon trade, I think Tobias would be involved. But if not, I, you know, I think he'll, I think he'll be back. Um. So do you think it's off the completely off the table for Sacramento? Uh, you know, I would say like my sense tells me yes, but then again, it's Sacramento and I can never doubt the Kings, you know, the Kings will just do Kings things. Yeah. So I'm not sure. It's interesting. I think the market's definitely lower right now, but I I don't know what kind of team trades for him. You know, it's like maybe a team that has the cap space and wants picks from us because that's would be the only way to get rid of that type of contract. But at that point, I don't think Maury does it at all because it's like, Tobias Harris is not comparable to Al Horford. Al Horford was on a very bad contract that was almost brand new, and he was a much, much worse player than Toby. Toby's yeah. a good basketball player, can still give you, you know, at best last year, if we were two years ago now, I guess, uh, if we remember, he was could have been an all-star, you know? I wouldn't have disagreed if he made the all-star game. So, like, he's a good basketball player, and I don't think Daryl Morey's going to just ship him away for cap space because exactly. that doesn't really make us better. I, I don't think he's making a move if the move doesn't, really immediately make us a better team. So it would just be interesting, maybe Indiana, but I would be surprised if Indiana took on that deal. Um, I don't think Maury would listen to Oklahoma City and what they would want to have to offer. It, it's, I don't know, man. I, I It really comes down to Sacramento or who knows, really? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Atlanta, maybe? Is Atlanta that sick of John Collins? <laughs> Where we could throw in Thibel too and... I don't know if John Collins makes us that much better, though. No, like, I don't either. I'm not big of. I'm not that much of a fan of John Collins based on what I saw in the playoffs. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of people talk him up, and I feel like the same thing happens with Tobias. Like, you know, Tobias will go somewhere else. He'll be the same guy. He'll be an 18, 20 point per game guy. I'm not mad at it. But what he, what I need to see more of from Tobias is he needs to slim down a little bit. He needs to get, you know, a little more higher. You know on his jump he needs to get closer to the basket he needs to get down and dirty and and help Joel Embiid down there man um I don't know if he knows I don't even I don't know if John, uh Tobias Harris knows what we need from him like that's the issue like yeah, exactly. I would love for him to just exactly. lose weight and because he's a tweener like he I don't think he realized I don't think he knows what position he is even like he plays the four but he wants to play more like a small forward but he can't guard small forwards because he's not quick enough so okay lose weight and then be a small forward but he won't do that 
because he's, he's, he's just far too slow every season. And then it's like, okay, then get more physical and be more physical. But he doesn't do that. Like, he doesn't do that. He's just stuck in a body that he doesn't really know exactly how to use. Yeah. And you know what's crazy is that, like, when he almost made the all-star team, I thought he actually did slim down. I thought he was in the best shape of his life. And then last year, it looked like he came, you know, came out and got slower again. So I, I just don't know, man. Um, I, I have a feeling he's going to stay. But if an, if a former Rocket becomes available, you never <laughs> know, man. You can never say never. Um, we're about to get to the phone lines, man. Once again, call into the show, 508-924-3784. Also, some news I didn't see this about an hour ago. This just came out. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo headed to the Golden State Warriors on a two-year deal. So, shout out to Dante. You know, they lost uh, Gary Payton. They lost uh, Otto Porter. They lost Toscano Anderson. So, they pick up Dante DiVincenzo. You already know he's going to shoot about 44% from deep with Golden State. You already know what's coming, man. I like Dante. He's, he's one of my Nova guys, man. I liked uh, Dante. I think it's a really good pickup for for Golden State. Golden State's like a culture where they can just turn another guy into a Gary Payton. That, that's just the beauty of the team. Like They can yep. lose a Gary Payton Jr. and they'll just find somebody else who's somehow even younger than him and turn him into a better <laughs> Gary Payton. One more thing before we get to the caller, man. Uh, I just thought, I thought this is funny. Uh, this is being reported here. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell may be available for trade. Who comes to mind, the first team that could potentially trade for him, who completely botched the draft and has stacked up a bunch of picks? Well, it's the New York Knicks. However, according to Ian Begley, as we're just covering all free agency stuff, according to him, the Knicks are hesitant to trade the combo of picks and players it would take to land a player like Donovan Mitchell. What are they doing, man? They saw my guy Jalen Brunson shot at the Jalen. Nova guy gets paid, but is he going to move the needle by himself? I don't know what the Knicks are doing, man. What would it take to get Mitchell if, if Gobert's getting four first-round picks and 13 players? What the heck does it take to get Donovan Mitchell? I think Maxi would have to be included in the deal, and I don't know if I want to do that. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I, I don't I don't want him. I meant more for, like, the Knicks. Oh, for the Knicks? I, I just think it's going to take a boatload of picks, really. Yeah. I mean, if they're going full rebuild, but... um. I mean, it, look, at the right price, if you didn't have to give up Maxi, I would certainly take uh, Donovan Mitchell and his team. But I just think, I don't think we have enough assets, especially young assets, to, to throw in a package unless they just got fleeced, you know, unless they took that package from the T-Wolves and they don't care. But um, <laughs> who knows, man? It's wild. Crazy times in the NBA. All right, let's go to the phone lines, man. We'll start off uh, at the 484. 484, what's going on? Yo, what's going on, RB? Yo, what's going on, man? Uh, nothing much. I kind of just wanted to start with the Go Bear trade. All right, let's hear it, man. With <laughs> All right. My main question is, why the hell didn't the Wolves just go up to the Nets and say, here's four first-round picks for KD? Is, is that not enough? Or, like, I feel like he'd be a way better fit for that team. I mean, yeah. You know, you're making sense. <laughs> I'm not questioning your logic. Um, I, I Look, I just... There's no explanation for me. I, you're not going to get an explanation for me. It does not make any sense how much they gave up for Rudy Gobert. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense to me either because, once again, it's going to be impossible to trade for Durant at this point unless other teams just realize, like, that was a huge fleece and it's a one-time thing. 
but it's just shocking. I can't believe it, man. <laughs> Me neither, man. But I also want to talk about Tobias Harris, too. Um, I think it's possible uh, for the Kings still because who the hell knows what they'll do. They might just throw you Harrison Barnes. Uh, and I think that might be a better fit. You get the shooter. Um, you also get rid of a guy who, you know, it, it sucks because he's a good player, but he's not someone to put you over the top. But that's perfect for the Kings because they love good players that can't put them over the top. <laughs> so definitely a possibility there. Greg, what's your take on that? Um, I would do anything to see Tobias Harris gone. <laughs> there is no level of what I would take to see Tobias Harris gone. It's addition by subtraction. I just don't know what in the world. I mean, sure, Sacramento. If Sacramento gives us a call and offers us Harrison Barnes, I'm taking it. If they want Matisse Thibel there too, I'm still taking it. If they want to add... Oh, Isaiah Joe, one of my favorite players on the team. I'm probably still taking it, man. That's just because I Harrison Barnes is like Harrison Barnes and Tobias Harris are very, very comparable players. They're very similar when it comes to just looking at a stat sheet and what they're bringing. I'd probably say Harrison Barnes is a way better fit. Tobias Harris is probably a better player when it comes to contract wise. Obviously, Barnes is more valued, but. If Sacramento's giving me a call and they're like, what would it take to get Tobias Harris? I'm like, you start because you'd be surprised at how little I'll gladly take. You know, I have to be honest with you. Like, I, I do agree that Harrison Barnes would probably be a good fit. I feel like he'd be a better catch and shoot type of guy, which is probably what we need a little more. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know if Harrison Barnes is going to be like this outrageous piece. I feel like everybody you know, constantly says Harrison Barnes, Harrison Barnes, as if he's like on another level. I'm not saying he's not a good player. What I'm saying is, you know, like you said, he needs to be a fit, right? He, he's not going to be over the top. He's not going to be a guy that you can consistently count on night in, night out. Um, I think I think some people overrate Harrison Barnes. I'm not saying you just in general, um, but hey, maybe he's a better fit for this team. What yeah, I, I I don't think he's like a phenomenal player, but what I love about the whole idea is it's the fit, man. It's like the, the Sixers need to focus more on fit than talent at times. Like we have the talent, like it's there. But like Harrison Barnes had a career season last year, if I'm not mistaken, from three point land. Um, I wanna say he was a top ten three point shooter. I could be wrong, I'll look it up, but I mean he's just a guy who is way more athletic. He's way better with the ball in his hands. He's a way better shooter than Tobias Harris, and he's more willing to mess up when it comes to shooting from outside. He shot 39.4% from three last year on about five a game. Like, that's just, that's really, really good numbers. He gave Sacramento 16 a night on 82% from the line. He's just a consistent dude. He shot 47% from the field. And when it comes to rebounding, we're probably going to take a relative lateral move from going from Tobias to Harrison Barnes. But like, it just gives us more athleticism. It gives us more versatility. It gives us a better um, identity. I would say as a team, because Tobias Harris is the odd man out, man. Hey, I respect it, man. I'll tell you a guy who I actually would really like, and that is uh, TJ Warren, you know, the, the infamous bubble killer of the Sixers. Uh, TJ Warren coming off a foot injury. You know, we could probably get him at a discount. If he's available, I've heard that, you know, the Miami Heat, some chatterings there. Um, would you be interested in a guy like TJ Warren? I think he'd be a great fit on his team. I, I would. Mean, I would like Harrison Barnes more because of his 
TJ Warren is a better shot creator than uh, Harris and Barnes, but like Warren really loves to be the guy with the ball in his hands. And I just think that I, I think that Warren, especially with his injury history as the last two years have shown, I just don't think he's as consistent and I don't think the fit is as good, but TJ Warren is probably the best player out of the three. It's it's close with him and Tobias. I think I, I do think Tobias is a good basketball player, but when it comes to talent and value wise, Warren is probably the best there, but I, I don't know. I I think it's a doable trade. I think that's a possible trade depending on, you know, Warren's contract, of course, but I would take the trade too. He's a free agent, so he's coming off a foot injury. So uh, like a sign trade type of thing or? Uh, Well, I mean, he's he's coming off the Pacers. I don't think they want him. So uh, he hasn't played in a year. He had a a foot injury. So I think he's going to get put on at a discount. I really do. And I think he'd be a steal if he can still, you know, stay healthy. Yeah, I think he's a, he's, a, he's a great basketball player. He's yeah. no random guy. He's dropping 45 or 50 against the Sixers like he did. Like, that's he's not a, a – yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a bucket getter, like a true yeah. bucket getter. And I think it would be an interesting, um, like, wrinkle into this team because we don't really have a guy of that stature that can go out and really get a perimeter bucket the way he does. So yeah. I think, you know, Warren would add a cool layer to this offense that, yeah. that Tobias Harris definitely does not. And he could defend too. Shout out to my guy Philly Talk Podcast. Philly Mike in the chat with the two dollar donation says respect. Appreciate the super chat, man. We have eight hundred seventy in the building. Hit that like button. Not sure where we're at on the likes. Can't see it, but yo, hit that like button right now. Subscribe if you're new. RB Philly Take on Twitter. Follow Sixers Greg as well. We're taking your calls, and uh, we're reacting to all the news, man. We're breaking it all down. It's a lot. It's a lot, man. But that's what happens this time of year. That's what happens this time of year, man. And shout out to uh, a great channel member, D Green, with the $2 donation. Appreciate it. Shout out to Philly Mike D Green. Appreciate everybody out here in the chat. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Let's go ahead and uh, hit the 602. Rosario, 602. What's going on? Hey, hey, how you doing? Hey, what's going on? Hey, this is Jimmy from Arizona. I used to live in Philly. Hey, what's going on, man? Man said something about Tobias Harris. He would would like to see Tobias Harris move at any cost. How about we pick up Russell Westbrook's contract along with Tucker (laughs) and we just keep him for a year and we just take the salary dump. I don't see too many people picking up Tobias Harris' contract, to be honest. All right. Appreciate the call, man. Appreciate the call. I I could you know I I could not trade <laughs> for Russell Westbrook. Um, that would be franchise dooming in my, in my estimation. But Greg, anything anything on that? <laughs> he hasn't said anything. I, I'm worried about him. All right, hear me out now. <laughs> Imagine Russell Westbrook comes to the Philadelphia 76ers. And before I get roasted in the chat, for Russell Westbrook. before I get roasted in the chat, I'm not saying I want this, but I'm just saying let's keep an open mind here and play devil's advocate and just say Russell Westbrook comes to Philadelphia and realizes just like Harden seems to realize this offseason that, you know what, the end of my career is now. This is my only chance to win. I will come off the bench. He, look, he can come off the bench. He could come off the... <laughs> 
the, the bus. And I'm saying was- Westbrook's not Westbrook's not going to be playing late fourth quarter minutes because he can't shoot. But you know what, Russ? This is what's going to happen, dude. If you want to win a championship, you got to understand like Carmelo Anthony has and stick to your role. What do you do well? Give us some energy. I'm not saying I want him, but I'm just saying imagine Westbrook as a backup. What does he do well? That's what I'm wondering. Like Russell plays really hard. And worst case scenario, he has a really good first half, and we just trade him. Look, I'm I'm telling you right now, you know. Again, I, I'm I'm all about these guys, you know, doing their thing, getting their money, all that stuff. Uh, Russell Westbrook, and I called this last year when he was with, or when he went to the Lakers. I called it before that when he was with the Wizards. <laughs> um, you know, Russell Westbrook is one of those guys at this stage in his career. I was a fan of him back in OKC, uh, but he will single-handedly destroy the chemistry of your team. You know, he, he plays hard. He gives it his all. I will never take that away from him. But Russell Westbrook is, you know, I mean, to to put it quite frankly, he's a ball hog, you know, like he will take 22 shots a night and he can't, he can't really shoot. So he's just taking shots and looks away from other players. And then on top of it, you know, all the stuff that happened in LA this year, like, you know, I keep me as far away as possible from Russell Westbrook. And I'll give you a hot take here. I think he gets traded to the Brooklyn Nets. And I think Ooh, Kyrie alongside Ben Simmons. And I think that will be the most awkward fit in the NBA. And that I think the Lakers will do anything they can to get off that contract. Because he opted in what 47 million for yeah. Russell. I mean, that is that is team deafening. That is that is crushing that team. That's yeah, I would I wouldn't, of course, I wouldn't take Westbrook for Toby just for the fact of everything you said. He's 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 a he's like the most winning loser ever. But you know, if if just in a perfect world, if Westbrook was like, you know what, you're right. I'm sorry, I've been wrong this whole time. Somehow managed to put his ego of 32 years old away, and is like, I'll come off the bench, give you 25 minutes a night of just really hard energy basketball. It would be beautiful. Like it's like Chris Paul, man. Like like Oklahoma City sold him. You know, or they they bought they bought low on Chris Paul, and Chris Paul did really well. And then oh, it's funny because it was for Westbrook. But then you know, like it it turns out that Chris Paul goes to Phoenix and does the same thing. And I know they're totally different players. And Westbrook's a guy who's not going to age well because he's so athletic, and it's it's literally the best thing about his game. But like he's still a great rebounder, a great passer. As long as he shoots the ball five times or less, the pinch would be nice. But of course, I don't want uh, Russell Westbrook. I will I will give you this. The only way I would ever think consider Russell Westbrook is if somehow he agreed to a buyout and we got him on a vet's minimum. That's oh yeah. hundred percent. Same thing I said about John Wall. Like the same thing. Cause then you could easily dispose. But for forty seven million dollars, you can you can save that and and have a good night with that one. I there's no way. Absolutely no way. All right, let's go to the next one. Two six seven. John on the line, 267. What's going on? Yo, yo. Hello? Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, man? Um, so what I wanted to talk about was basically that a trade is definitely gonna happen. For uh for because Tobias Harris? We're, um, we're just loading up on way too many wing players. You know, we added Melton, House. Uh, Tucker, 
we got everybody that we already have. I mean, then, you know, obviously Harden, Maxi, deep in the bench, Isaiah Joe. I think we got like 10 wing players. We got to dump some of them. Other, other than that, I also want to say I don't like the Eric Gordon deal. I don't know who does. It's crazy. It's going to make $40 million over the next two years. Okay. Uh, look, I'm I'm just I, – I know who would like it. Daryl Morey would. Daryl Morey would love Eric Gordon because he's a former Rocket. And uh, I don't know. I feel like some people have kind of forgot about him a little bit, being on that terrible Houston team the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, look, if Morey's going to do it, Morey's going to do it. But uh, I'm just saying I'm not really saying. Hey, hey, I respect it, man. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, um, yeah, I don't know. I just want to see Toby move. That's basically it. All right. Appreciate the take. Appreciate the take. Hey, I know Daryl Morey would love that Eric Gordon deal. I know he's salivating. I know he's he's coming up with every which way possible to bring Eric Gordon to the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah. It's also funny how last year we went from like having no wing depth to like actually having some wing depth. I wouldn't really call DeAnthony Melton or Isaiah Joe wing depth because they're yeah, he's a little bit off on that. We, they're guards, but for the nonetheless, like I understand the point for sure. Uh, but if you really like look down this roster, Sixers fans have been begging for an entire season um, for Paul Reed to get minutes. Like I don't want to hear you guys now start saying we need to go out and get a backup center. Like I think it's a, I think it is a blessing in disguise that Andre Drummond took more money elsewhere, and that Paul Reed, for right now at least, seems to be the guy that first come off the bench at the five. Because like guys, like we need toughness, we need rebounding, we need athleticism, and we need defense. Paul Reed and PJ Tucker together on the bench there is just a very gritty, like hard working four or five unit right there. And like more than skill, more than talent, that's going to be really really important for the Sixers and their success down the road and we've seen Paul Reed you know achieve pretty some 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 solid games in the playoffs and he did that playing like five games in the regular season imagine what uh he's gonna look like when when uh Doc Rivers has no other choice but to play him throughout the regular season like I'm really looking forward to Paul Reed and and seeing what him and Bassey even can do on this team as as the primary backup five yeah, it's a good point, too, because uh, last night Andre Drummond signs with the Bulls, and um, we heard Daryl Morey talk last week, and he was essentially just saying, you know, like, I thought we had guys that could have played last year. And he's like, we're not going to address the center position. Exactly. And pretty much forcing Doc's hand to, you know, play some of them younger guys. So we'll see how it works out. Um, <clears throat> shout out to Matt with the $2 donation. Appreciate that. He says, Miles Bridges, how can we make that work with Tobias? Well, uh, without getting into a whole lecture here, Matt, I don't know if you've been keeping up with the whole Miles Bridges thing, but I I'll, I'll keep it at this. I don't think he ever plays again. And without going down that rabbit hole, um, you don't think ever again. I don't think he plays ever again. I, I actually just saw a report here, and it said uh, he's been charged with uh, a felony. Yeah, felony. It's all that violence and and all that stuff. So, hey, it's uh, very unfortunate. So, yeah, it's just crazy, crazy times. Um, but I want to ask you this before we get to the last couple of callers. Um, so <laughs> we, we didn't really formally touch on the Brooklyn Nets thing. And, and you know, both of us rejoicing here. It, it's a beautiful thing. It really is. Um, do I want to see the Brooklyn Nets fans devoured? No. Like, look, I don't hate them. 
But, you know, for, for as much as they gave us about losing a trade and this and that, and, you know, the Brooklyn Nets destruct yesterday, they literally come crashing down. And just think about this. In two years, you go from having Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and your number one option is Ben Simmons. And to that, you say what? <laughs> or, or just say nothing. <laughs> it's There's no words. This is so yeah. wild. And the cra- you know the craziest part about this? Because Ben Simmons is on the Brooklyn Nets, the list of players that the Nets cannot trade for includes Andrew Wiggins, Jason Tatum, Bam Adebayo, Trey Young, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Doncic, Michael Porter Jr., Devin Booker, Carl Towns, Jamal Murray, <laughs> Donovan Mitchell and Joel Embiid. Like, wow. 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 Dude, it's, it's like the Sixers are still killing. Somehow we're still managing to kill the Nets in this trade. It's so crazy to me. I mean, we predicted it on on a dime. Shout out to Lawrence for becoming a, a channel member as well. And shout out to Presidential Mike for the super chat. Yeah, man, this is just crazy. Um, and, and this just came up a little while ago. Um, speaking of the Durant thing, Woj says a team lurking in the Durant sweepstakes is Toronto. They have all kinds of pieces that you would want and their picks to do a deal for KD. So I don't like, do you have a prediction of where he's going to land? Because obviously you just named many reasons why it's going to be hard for him to land anywhere. Um, any prediction on that or if we're going to sit down and think who is the best possible player that could be available in a trade, it's probably Boston's Jalen Brown, uh, Phoenix's DeAndre Ayton, and Philadelphia's probably Tyrese Maxey. And I think Maxey's probably over Ayton. So when it comes to just best possible player in return, Philadelphia has a very strong chance. Um, I don't really necessarily want Kevin Durant, like I, he's incredible. Like he would immediately make the Sixers the, the finals favorite, a hundred percent. And would I do it? And yeah, and would I be upset if it happened? Absolutely not. And I think anyone who would be upset, we got Kevin Durant's an idiot. But like at the same time, I don't really expect him to come here. But Toronto could offer a really, really good package. They have all their picks and they have some really good young talent. So maybe they pull off a Kawhi move. You know that GM and how he always loves to to handle deals like this. I wouldn't put it past them either. I think if Kevin Durant, if there's ever a chance we could get KD, you got to do it. You got to do it. It's 100%. Just, you know, and, and people are saying they wouldn't give up this, that. You got to give up whatever other than Joel Embiid for, for Kevin Durant. Yeah, I mean, you can't be afraid to throw Maxi. Like, even this level of Kevin Durant, it's not prime KD, but the level that he's at right now, Tyrese Maxi probably will never reach this level of stardom. And you just cannot be afraid. And especially because our window is who knows how short or long it is. Like, right now... We don't really know how long Embiid's going to be an absolute dominant force. Yeah. I would like like to say at least three more years, but this Kevin Durant contract is four years. And I yeah. know Kevin Durant, and I know how the NBA is nowadays. We probably wouldn't have him for all four years just because that's how it works. But like, at least he would be here for the championship window that we have so obviously made public. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, it, it's just – it's wild, man. Like to just now you have the Rudy Gobert trade, which is going to up the Kevin Durant price. I mean, it's just it's going to be a nutty trade. It really is. It's probably going to be a three, four team trade. Um, I don't know like what they can get back because like, now they can't get Devin Booker either. So yeah, I mean, who knows? All because of Ben Simmons, man. Who would have thought? 
I like just to see it come down that quick is just absolutely insane. The 30 uh, for 30 is going to be fire. Oh, it is. It is for sure. Shout out to Mr. Roddy with the $5 super chest is Toronto one and Katie has to be the funniest thing. Not long ago, those uh, were cheering for a certain injury. That's true. That That's is true. true. Now, apparently KD likes or I don't know if he like grew up a Raptors fan or something like that. Or he, Vince Carter is his favorite player. Vince Carter is his favorite player. Yeah. So I don't know if that factors into it. But look, man. I just don't see KD going to the Raptors. I think he wants to start in his own place. He doesn't want to go to a place that, you know, has won in a while, which is why I think Phoenix would be a good spot for him. Wants to help his buddy out, Chris Paul, you know, try to get him a championship. I think it makes the most sense. But do they have enough, you know, in return? All right, let's go back to the linesman. Let's go to the 609. John, what's going on? John, going once. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? Great show so far, guys. Thank you, man. How you feeling? Good, man. Good. Uh, I think more so than uh, getting Tobias off this team, I, I think we're more likely to get rid of uh, Bible. And he has to go. He kills me every <laughs> damn year. He hasn't improved at all. I think his defense is overrated. Um, you know, he makes this, these fancy reach-around steals, but half of the time you see his uh, the person that he's defending blow right by him. And he's often in foul trouble or makes a foul at the wrong time. We saw that in the playoffs against Atlanta. So I want Bible off this team, and I think it happened this week. I don't know what for. Um, you know, maybe just another piece, but uh, or a late second round pick or late first round pick who knows but i'd love to get five off this team and uh i'll leave you with this uh the team that i believe that's going to get uh kd i think he's going to washington oh oh that's a that's a good one that's a good one he's from you know from that area knows him well washington been making you know getting some vets in there i don't know if they're making crazy upgrades but what would they have to offer it's a good point it's a good point. Um, obviously, Bradley Beal staying there for the next five years. He's never leaving Washington. Um, what about a- Portland? I think Portland's a fun destination that we're not talking about. I just Portland can't probably is Portland. realistic. I know, but like Anthony Simons is probably as good as you probably can get as a as a headlining piece. Then you can trade some. Uh, and you have Simons to a hundred million dollar contract. Uh, you could also trade picks. You know, you probably throw Jeremy Grant if it's possible. I, I I don't know. I think Portland probably has a pretty solid deal they can go out and make. I don't know, man. I, I could it be one of those like you know smaller market underrated teams? That'd be interesting to see KD go there. I feel like he tried. Like I feel like the problem with Kevin Durant is that he tries too much to listen to what others say, and he wants to establish his own thing and do it his way. He just needs to go where he's going to be comfortable, man. Um, yeah. Okay. See. <laughs> Yo, I, I tweeted out. I again follow me on Twitter at RB Philly Take. Follow Sixers Greg. I tweeted out. Look, you're stacking up all those picks, right? You have what 37 picks in the next seven drafts, and you have like I think it's like 17 first rounders or whatever it is, and you have all this young talent. Hey, I mean, when's the point to strike? Exactly. 
is the time to actually use these picks? Like, are you just going to keep stocking them year after year after year? OKC could get Kevin Durant, and they have enough picks to get a, a team of all-stars around them and still have young players. Yeah, man, you can hold on to Chet, hold on to Dort, hold on to Shea, maybe trade Giddy. I don't know, who knows, and still manage to get Kevin Durant in a place where they could welcome him back with open arms. Uh, who knows what place would welcome Kevin Durant with open arms, but probably as close as you're going to get to a team that welcomes him. Uh, and he gets to go back home where it all started from. I, it it makes so much sense. I made a poll out when the original Durant news came out, and I said, you know, what's the what's a more likely situation? And I named Miami, Phoenix, Philadelphia, and Oklahoma City. And Oklahoma City did not get enough level in that poll, man. I, I really do think they're a sneaky team that could grab him. Hey, I like the take. I like the take. Back to what the caller said. Um about Matisse Thibel. Uh I thought there was a chance Thibel was getting moved. They were talking about him, you know, getting shopped and stuff. I don't think he moves now. I think Daryl, you know, got done what he wanted to without having to move a guy like Thibel. But if there's a deal available, I mean, I'm not saying he's untouchable. What do you think? I would love to trade him. I think more now than ever, he's become expendable. I don't really see him getting minutes on the way this team is constructed right now. I think Melton is going to play a similar position than him, and he is a far better offensive player. And, you know, probably not on paper as good as a defender, but like the caller said perfectly, I think Matisse Thibel is a very overrated defender. He might be the only dude I've ever seen play basketball and purposely let his matchup beat him just so he can get a, a chase down block or or a, a steal from behind. And sometimes it really, really works, but other times it does not. And I think a lot of the uh, the problems Matisse Thibel causes uh are answered because of mb down low i think joel really makes up for a lot of the mistakes that uh, matisse really makes and so i would love to see matisse gone i don't think his value is that great however and i just don't i don't really see him getting a lot of minutes on this team right now and i don't want to have him if he's just going to be sitting at the end of the bench and not really doing anything is, at least is, package him you know if if, if, if it makes it and if it makes it easier to trade Tobias Harris because we're packaging him with Matisse, I would do that. Is the lack of development, though, is it a fiable issue? Because we saw the same thing with Ben, you know, and I feel like it's more so on the people above, right? And that's something we didn't really talk about much, but, like, Doc needs to not only trust his young guys, but he needs to develop these young guys and, you know, get them going. I mean, you have a ton of great offensive assistants. You have a great staff. Um I don't know if it's as much of a Thibault issue as everybody thinks. Like, I, I just don't get why they're not even developing, why they're not, you know, making improvements. We saw it a little bit, and then it just completely went awry, and I just don't get it. I, I was a big fan of Thibault. I want him to develop. He can be a great two-way piece, but you got to at least make some, you know, progress. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, I agree, and I think our development unit's probably – below average uh if you look around the league you see a lot of teams develop guys who are late first round picks into very promising um role players in the minimum in the least i mean look at pascal siakam was not really supposed to be a great player turns out to be a very very above average player especially for where he was uh drafted but like a thing i have to feel like i remind people all the time with matisse Thibel is like he's like 25 years old i'm pretty sure like it's not like he's like this 21 year old kid in which like everyone's like oh just wait on him wait on him wait on him he's gonna be okay like he's been in the nba for three seasons or four seasons he's 
he's an older dude. Like, I mean, he's, he was a senior, he four years in college. Like he's one of the guys where you, you don't feel like you have to develop as much because he did a lot of his development in college. And he's just, he's, I think he's a little too old to really be as loved as he is in Philadelphia at times. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm there with you. I hope he does improve if he does stay, but you know, maybe he's feeling that pressure a little bit now. Let's go to our closer. Last one of the night. 401. 401. What's going on? Yo. Hello? Hey, what's going on? Hey, man. How you doing? Great good. show today. Thank you, man. How are you feeling? Who who do we have, by the I'm way? Good, and where man. are we tapping in from? What's, oh, I'm, I'm calling from Kentucky, but I was raised and brought up in Philadelphia. Hey, my man. From Kentucky. Love it. Yeah, so a couple things, man. Speaking of one of your points about Doc developing players, like he doesn't do a good job with that, man. Um, forget the bend because he came in on the back end of that. But the players he got now, Isaiah, Joe, Paul Reed, um, he just don't give these guys enough tick to see what they got and put them on the floor enough. Um, the way the offense, the way they're starting to construct the team looks like this five-out offense that I'm not a fan of, man. That's the iso ball where you get James Harden going and kicking. I don't see it. Um, that's not going to win games in the playoffs, and they're going to be right back to where they at. They need some wing defenders. They really do, uh, to be perfectly honest. You know, we'll watch more of the same um, offense <laughs> that they did in Houston. Didn't play no defense because you're bringing in guys. You got one guy. Unless they get Bev. Um, you got guys that really can't play no defense. I mean, Niang, you watched him <laughs> during the playoffs this year. He's slow-footed, but if you leave him on the floor to shoot the three to spread the floor, man, the, the roster still needs a lot of work. You still need a big – I'm not excited about the moves. I'm just not. These guys are a year older. You're talking about Pat Bev, that winning pedigree. The dude's old, man. You need young guys that can get after it. DeAnthony Melton. DeAnthony Melton is the epitome of a young guy who gets after it. I think give Sixers fans some time to watch him, and we're going to really fall in love with DeAnthony. I'm I'm not a fan of him because the kid can't handle the ball. So you you, in essence, you rather have him versus Thibel, but you got to make him a catch and shoot guy because he can't create. So you just keep adding guys that can't create. So you're leaving it all up to Harden and Maxi to do all the, the penetration. It's about the offense. It's about the coaching and it's about the offense. You've got pieces that you can work with if you have a better offense. They do nothing away from the ball. They do the pick and roll and no action away from the ball. It's tough to watch, man, because you got guys just standing around watching, taking selfies. If you look at them, when they're running their offense in the half court, it's bad basketball. After the hard and pick and roll with Embiid, there's nothing going on. That's the problem. It's the offense. It's the coaching. You can say what you want about moving guys, but it's the lack of coaching, the creativity, the innovation to do more with your guys away from the basket when guys are dribble driving. Too many guys are staying around. How many times have we watched Danny Green shoot that corner three and brick it? Okay. It's, it's tough to watch, man. It's tough to watch. Um, I don't know what you do, but you don't get these older guys and think you're going to do it. I mean, they almost got beat by Toronto because Toronto has a ton of wings. 
a ton of wings. And you keep bringing in guys that can't get up and down the floor. You keep bringing in guys that can't defend on the outside other than letting guys go by them and do a chase down block or try to do the pick around steal. It's bad. It's bad, and they need to fix it. It's the coaching. It's just the coaching. That's what it is. Stop worrying about the players. It's the coaching. If you look at San Antonio and how they brought in guys, they developed them, and it got better. They had a bench. They had their starting five. You've got to develop players, and they don't do a good job of it in, in Philly. They just don't. That's hey. the problem. That's the issue. Hey, I agree, man, and, and we appreciate the call. I thought a great he call. Points. I That's thought a he, great call, man. Hey, I thought he made some real valid points, even though the, you know, closing it off on more of a negative standpoint. I mean, it's true. Like this team will go as far as Doc will, will take us as well. I know it's a star league and everything, but I agree with the caller in that, you know, if you're not going to play Paul Reed, Charles Bassey, Isaiah Joe, if, like I said at the end of the season, these guys on other teams would be, you know, getting playoff minutes. Like, if you're not going to give these guys a shot, if you're not going to incorporate more into the offense, especially when James Harden has his hands tied behind his back and he's not healthy and you saw that, and then you have Joel Embiid standing out on the perimeter and Tyrese Maxey goes one game and gives you 40, and then, you know, it's like he's not even existent for the next first half of the next game. Like, you cannot let that happen as a coach and – I mean, the, the lack of innovation shows from Doc Rivers, and, and I agree with the caller on that. Yeah, it's a great call. And, I mean, we have no creativity on offense. It's always been the issue. I think what Philadelphia is probably trying to do in their mind, they are seeing it as just sur- like just trying to complement their best players as well as they could. And you could argue that they're doing that because they probably are. And, and if that means a small ball unit for James Harden to make him the best player available, like best possible player, like they're probably achieving that, but I do really believe maybe the lack of playmaking off the bench is an issue. DeAnthony Melton isn't the greatest, you know, dribbler and facilitator around, but he brings a lot of athleticism and he brings a lot of just intangibles that this bench unit, especially at the guard position, has not seen in the past couple of seasons. So we may still by the deadline next year really, really need help in the playmaking category, but it's going to be like Boston. Boston was just missing out on playmaking. As soon as they went out and got it and, and figured it out, they became much better. Like that's, that's a good problem to have. I think we have minimized the amount of issues this roster has. I'm not saying this roster is perfect because we definitely still do need um, playmaking and, and other areas and obviously a better coach. I could go on for hours about Doc Rivers, but yeah, it's it's a great call. It's very insightful, and you're you're definitely correct. But I I think it would be a little nearsighted to say that this offseason has been a complete failure. I think, uh, especially given the financial ability that we've had heading into this offseason, I think Daryl Morey did the most with his opportunity, and I think he did pretty good. Yeah, I agree with you there. And also, you know, maybe he's not doing any more. Obviously, we're we're strained against the cap, but you know, maybe he's kind of, like I said earlier, kind of forcing. Doc Rivers hand a little bit, right? Go out and play the guys you have. We have dudes here. We have dudes that can get in the mix, can play. I mean, Jaden Springer showed some potential in the G League last year. Yeah. Obviously, he's only 19 years old, but, you know, Doc didn't even seem to have a concern for him. And, you know, you got to give these guys a shot. Like we talked about at the top of the show, you know, look at look at these guys on the summer league roster. You know, a lot of dudes who have gotten NBA experience or at least, you know, cracked some minutes like, these dudes are, are guys who are going to fight for minutes. Why do you think when we bring in our third unit, 
these guys play so hard, play 110 miles an hour. They want it. They want I, it. I also think Traveling Queen is a, a, a really solid pickup. Like I, I, I believe he could turn himself into a a regular rotational player by the end of the season if given an opportunity early on and the ability to to really go out there and kind of be himself. He's a, he's a guy who's going to put up a lot of shots. He's a very athletic six five six six wing type of player who is just he's he's a bucket getter man and he has a good handle and he he's a really really good shot creator. I really think um, given an opportunity, I think Queen could turn into something. At turning into a steal at some point for us exactly and and i think while we talk about this mix of young guys i do think you also need those vets that know how to play in the big moments and like you said i think daryl's done a good job with that kind of bringing that mix you know bringing that balance so i mean i think we've gotten better as of now you know we we can't go into the playoffs with our top three bench players being shake millen furk on cork maz and, and george niang like you know niang's gonna let it fly he's, he's gonna give it a shot uh, obviously, I don't think he was that healthy. But other than Niang, like who else did we even have? And Niang struggled. So who else did we have off the bench? Like that can't be a question mark. We know PJ Tucker will come in and be a piece. We know Melton yeah. will hopefully, you know, bring something to the table. Um, but you know, we just got to wait and see how it plays out. And again, like I said at the top of this show, you cannot overpay for a culture change. If PJ Tucker can come in and fuel a fire that has not been lit in years, you pay ten million dollars a year for that. You really, you really, really do. I'm surprised with the Daniel House. Um, not that we signed him. I said in a video before free agency that I expect PJ Tucker and uh, Daniel House both to be on the Sixers, but I'm surprised with the biannual went to him. I thought we could have got him on a vet minimum, but you know, depending on how he comes out and and shoots the basketball, it could be a, a, another good deal, man. And he's not like an old guy. He's a guy who can defend his position. Is a very versatile three and four type of player, and who can consistently shoot catch and shoot threes at a, a, a an above average clip. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we get out of here, um, shout out to once again everybody in here. Still almost seven hundred people in here. Hit that like button. Subscribe where you are watching. Be sure to follow both of us. Uh, subscribe to Greg as well on YouTube. Uh, some more news that just dropped the Timberwolves signing Bryn Forbes. Uh, I don't know how long, probably a one or two year deal. So they pick up another piece after their massive trade earlier today. Also, one other one that we forgot to mention, Bruce Brown going to the Denver Nuggets. They had said that or he had said that the Nets didn't even offer him anything. And yeah, the Nets but then traded for Royce O'Neal, which I, I don't know what the Nets are doing. I, I'm just I'm living it up, man. But the okay. Nets went out and signed Patty Mills to a comparable contract. It's interesting, man. I, I think it's a great pickup by Denver. Um, that and the DeAndre Jordan signing. I thought that was hilarious. That tells you something about where Denver's at. Yeah. I, I don't think Denver has gotten any better this offseason. You know, I, I just don't. I mean, people love Bruce Brown. I'm not going to say he's a bad player. I don't think he's like some game changer. Uh, KCP, you know, they got rid of Will Barton and Monte Morris to get KCP. DeAndre Jordan, I don't know what the Nuggets are doing, man. I don't think they got much better. No, no, I don't. I mean, the only thing that can make them better is is health. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Hey, with that being said, shout out to everybody once again. We've been covering this every single day. We'll see what the Sixers decide to do. Let us know in the chat. Are they done? Will they do anything else? Um, you know, we have some months now. We have some time. Um, I'm sure things will start brewing up again, but. It's been a crazy first two days, you know, the free agency, like it always is. It's fun talking about it. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't think I don't think the league is done. I think there's more to come. And uh, who knows? 
an even bigger trade could come tomorrow. Maybe not, but maybe the Kevin Durant trade will come sooner rather than later. And, uh, you know, we'll find out what happens there. But nonetheless, Sixers just have to keep getting better. Shout out to everybody for coming through. Be sure to go follow the Instagram page at Philly Take with RB. Be sure to like if you are watching the stream and you watched it all the way through or on the second time around. And uh, subscribe to Greg on YouTube and follow us on Twitter, man. At RB Philly Take at Greg Melly. Greg, any last words, man? Sixers are winning the margins. It's hard to notice it right now. Give it some time. Watch the culture change gradually. Let the Sixers and let Daryl Morey do his job. I believe in Daryl. I always have. I think he's doing a good job so far. And I think the Sixers are having an under the radar type of performance. So let us let us let us let us see how this roster works. Yes or no, Greg? Are we are we getting over the hump finally? Are we getting What's over the hump? Second, what the is the second round hump? <laughs> I'm <laughs> gonna say no until I'm proven otherwise. Ooh. I thought he was gonna end us off on a good one. <laughs> All right. Hopefully the answer will change, man. I hope so. Appreciate everybody coming through. You guys have a great one. Catch you on the next one. See you guys. Peace.